pick it. She lays it off. Teresa Polaris. It's an absolute peach. Is driving. What a hit from Melina Rez. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. Meet him out. One now. And we're back. The season may have ended, but we're still here. We still want to talk about it. We were there at the game, Lockie. Obviously, I'm pure film pong if you didn't catch the drift with my voice. But you were at the game, Lockie. I was at the game. We had a good time, didn't we? MPLW final. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was a nice afternoon down at uh, Olympic Village in the yeah. end. we were. I like the ex- emphasis you put on Olympic. Yeah, well, nice. we, it was more a, a, an emphasis of, um, well, not surprise, but an emphasis of uh, switch up, you know, yeah. because we were expecting to be making the... The journey to, to Caroline we Spring, Springs. Caroline was Springs. it at the end of Caroline our Springs, that day we found out, or the next day we found out after the show? I think it was. Uh, I think it was the day after. The day after. Yes. The day after. Yes. So, yes. yeah, off to Olympic Village we went, and I was very happy about that. Save yeah, me some petrol. I'm sure you were, as someone who comes from the southeast, as someone who lives in South Yarra. Everything's close to me. It's all yeah. good. It's all yeah. good. Well, not you know, Horsham's not close Do to you me, know what but I, it's not close to anyone. We are going to talk about this topic a little bit later, but. Thing I did enjoy about mm. living in the southeast is when the uh, fixtures came out, I saw a lot of Casey Fields, and I said, "Ah, the, that's a the nice early women's fixtures." We've already a, a, moved on from the MPL. No, no, w- we haven't. Victoria I just want to bring final. it up, and you know, because we're talking about travel, I saw the Casey Fields fixtures, and I was very excited because I like to save petrol, and petrol prices are expensive. Uh, but I will go anywhere to watch uh, women's football. Yeah, I mean, I, I filled up for one seventy nine cents a liter a few days ago, and I was almost happy. Really? Yeah, I was like, oh, that's cheaper than I'm, I've, I've been yeah, experiencing no, over no, the past few months. Yeah, no. Like, I was relieved at a price that a few months ago would have outraged me, and now I'm just accepting. I'm, I'm a, no, no, I'm no, a I, sucker I, to the machine. I accept it, Lockie, because you know what? I, I will travel anywhere to watch football games because football is a beautiful sport. And uh, we were blessed with a, a good, entertaining final. We saw yeah. a lot of both teams, and I think it was really competitive. And I think that's something that we both were looking for in the game because there was a chance that – Colder could have potentially just run away with it, and but Bullion put up a really good fight, and they were they had moments where they looked like scoring, especially early on in that uh, match, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, they 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 did they did put together a competitive showing. I still think that I still think that Colder were the better side over the course of the ninety minutes. The better side. I mean, they they were. I I think there was a real. Will they, won't they dynamic yeah. about the premiership because Heidelberg obviously did run them close, did have that ascendancy in the first kind of half of the season. But I think by the end of the year, I mean, Calder were clearly uh, a decent stretch ahead of, of, you know, sort of their next nearest competitor. And while it was a tight game, I do think that Calder, for the most part, yeah. edged it. I mean, uh, you did mention some of the early chances that the bullying created, and I think to that end it helped that Calder took the lead in the way that they did. That first yeah. goal was always going to be really, really crucial, as it pretty much always is in a in a grand final. And so when Calder got that through the aid of, well, I, I don't want to be uncharitable to Alana Churn. I know she can hit a ball extremely well and has scored some outstanding goals this season. I, I, I dare say that, the one she scored to oh, open the scoring on Sunday was perhaps the most um, charitable, the most well, fortuitous. It was certainly charitable, but uh, you take you 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 know sometimes you need a little bit of luck, especially in a final. That goal reminded me a lot of uh, her teammate 
uh, who she'll have for the uh, A-League women's season, uh, Francesca Iamano's goal that she scored uh, a few rounds ago mm. where I think, I believe it got goal of the season. That uh, Yes. Was it yes. cross slash shot? I wasn't oh, see, I think that one was a bit more... In- I don't know. I right. feel like that one was a bit Maybe more intentional. What make- it did remind me of was um, the Nike FC Cup semi-final. Uh, Jana Lawson yes. started that South Melbourne comeback against, against Heidelberg where they went through and lost to guess who yeah. colder uh, but that was that was a cross that turned into a shot maybe um maybe it was a a a, a bit of a a similar scenario but to to be honest after i think that first goal really did characterize what ended up going on over the course of the match like yes it was still competitive but i think colder in particular were in control of that midfield and were able to pile on shots like yeah. Emily Shields in her sort of um her swan song her yeah. you know last game heading out of um of playing in well Victorian football in in, in football generally speaking um pulled off some outstanding she saves really there were some shots on the post and it did kind of feel like that second goal was uh w- was a matter of, of sort of when and and not if for Calder and the win ended up being the uh, the seventy fifth minute but it, it came all the same through uh through Mel Taranto and it was a well worked goal the second uh, one it was. I, I have no doubts that Mel Taranto was going to score. She was she, that play that the lead up to that goal, her work rate in the midfield to start that play and then p- to play it out. And then I loved her movement in the box. She never stopped moving. She tried, um, to, you know, to get it off for the first time, but she couldn't. She played it out to her teammate, and there she was at the back post because of her active movement. And that's mm. what we've seen from her this season. She's constantly on the move, constantly creating for her teammates. But you know who could tell us a little bit more about Mel Taranto and Alana Churn and all these fantastic players at Colton United who are, I think, won everything this year. And the man who's at the... Clean sweep. Clean sweep, who's at the helm. Uh, Mark Torcaso. Mark, are you on the line? I am. Can you hear me okay? We can certainly hear you okay, Mark. And Mark, you've got to talk us through that, uh, the week leading up to the final and what was it like for the team? Because you've already won everything else. Was there more pressure to win this to get that clean sweep? Um, no, not really. I think uh, for us, we were mainly focusing on um, another game uh, and another opportunity to play, um, but more importantly, play on a on a big stage again. So um, we didn't really focus too much on the fact that it was another another final. Um, obviously, we had the luxury of playing in a in a Nike FC Cup as well during the season, where the players got to experience uh, a big game too. So we sort of just try to. Um, not tone it down, but just keep it as normal as possible. Um, and I guess throw in a couple of little things here and there that, yeah, there was a, there was a championship at the end of it. So, uh, but we try to tone it down as much as we can just to, to keep the players as focused as possible. Well, even if it is a, a, a one game at a time kind of affair, there, mu- there must have been something, you know, like some kind of spidey sense going off about the fact that it was, you know, the first grand final since the previous one where you guys also met Boleyn, also got the result. There must have been something going off. But, um, of course, it, it was a, a different game, a different Boleyn side. How did you find the actual uh, match itself? Because Boleyn obviously got into the final um, upsetting Heidelberg United in the process. But they are a, a good footballing side, one that we know your players uh, like to play and, and certainly look out for. How did you find the actual match itself? Um, I think, uh, like, Berlin were probably uh, a little bit... A few people were probably underestimating them a little bit. They, mm. they, on on paper, they probably had, had a, a, almost a better side than us. Like, they probably had more players with, uh, with W League experience. Mm. So... Um, from that perspective, like I know that everyone was sort of saying that they were the underdogs. I actually 
looked at it as a, as a very tough uh, game, hence why they obviously got the result the week before. But as the game sort of played out, um, we just stuck to our, our roles and our, and our um, I guess, objectives. Um, you know, it was, it was important to get that goal, you know, early in the game. Um, it obviously, it was, a, it was a great finish by Alana Soon. Finish or cross, whatever we'll call it. Um, but <laughs> no, Mark, so you it. need to give us a different answer. Was it a cross <laughs> or a shot? I'll let you ask her one day when you have a conversation with her. But yeah, I, th- I think that's quite... the I think that's the that's the problem with those sorts of goals, isn't it? Because at the end of the at the end of the day, only the player knows, and the player is only ever going to answer. No, of course I meant that. I oh, knew exactly what I was doing <laughs> all the time. And like even at halftime, I, I pulled her over and I said, "Honestly, mate, how'd you go? What, what were you thinking with that?" She goes, <laughs> "I honestly was thinking cross shot, cross shot, and it was an in between." She goes, "So you know what? Everyone can make it up. They might make it out of what they think it was." So. She was undecided of what it was as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, once we scored that goal, I think the key with us this year has been scoring early in the game um, and, and scoring early in that final, I think, really set the tone for us because we knew, we knew if we scored early um, and we know how to, we, we defend really well, we knew that we'd be able to sort of lock that game out. Um, and then, yeah, just like there was a few – there's actually a few hairy moments there. I think um, – uh, there was a great cross that Alana J played across the box where mm. I think Leah might have finished, almost finished it at the back post. Um, and then Alyssa pulled off a fantastic save just before the half as well. So we, we sort of just kept our, our discipline and we kept our smarts. Um, and then we literally set ourselves a goal of trying to trying to score in the first 20 minutes of the second half. Um, and I actually thought Berlin got on top of us towards the end of the first half. Um, it was just battling through that and they did it really well, the girls. And then Obviously, you know, we came out pretty strong in the second half and probably could have ended up winning the game a lot more than what we did. Um, There's a lot of chances in a couple of crossbars, a couple of posts. Uh, Emily Shields was fantastic in goals for her last game. Um, she pulled off some great saves too. So it sort of just rolled on like that. The girls just stuck to the task. And as I said, they didn't, they didn't play it as if it was a final. They just played it as if it was another game um, uh, and, and just to defend and be strong. Is it for this side... A lot of these players are heading with you up to taking that next step and playing in the A-League women's. Is this kind of like a nice stepping stone to have such a successful season? Do you feel more confident heading into uh, this A-League women's season? That's pretty pretty close, actually. Yeah, I I do. In all honesty, that's why, like I think I said in my end-of-game speech, you know, Bolin is is the measuring stick because of the players they've got on their Mm. side. Like, they've got championship-winning players there. Um, you know, even Emily Shields played at Melbourne City a few years ago. So you've got players in that side that are, you know, warranted. So that's why I feel confident or comfortable going into the A-League season with some of these players from Calder because if we can match it against, you know, three or four A-League players in opposition sides, even Heidelberg to some extent, who had a few as well, if we can match it with that, then I'm confident that the players that we've got you know, adding in a few obviously overseas players and things like that. I think that will be very competitive, um, and that sort of that confidence that you we got throughout the season is going to be very important for those players that are coming across to Western. Mm. And like I think, if you exactly as you said, if you think about a lot of those sort of bullying stars, you know, Eliadis, Privatelli, Janchevsky, Zoyce, player for player, you guys, while some of those players had moments and opportunities throughout the game you did have their measure and particularly um in that midfield which uh, again I thought was 
you know the the cornerstone of, of of a lot of the good things that happened in this game, and the culmination of that really was was the goal, the the sealer for Mel at the end. We were Pakura in particular, marveling at the the quality of of her movement, how she sort of played that one two with with Stacey, and and as soon as she releases the ball, is making that run sort of towards the back post and cutting across the face of goal. Do you think a moment like that kind of speaks to um, not just the, the dynamism of the, the midfield that you've got, but the actual actual quality and, and the, the jump that they're going to be capable of making or, in Mel's case, uh, returning to? Yeah, I think the, the whole, the whole um, thought of the whole cold at Western thing was about having connectivity with players um, throughout, you know, 42 weeks of the season through an MPL and into a, an A-League women's. Um, and I think that that was like the way you just explained that then was exactly uh, exactly the way I think about it is if you've got players that are on the same page um, over a large amount of time, then, you know, when you put them into potentially an A-League environment, um, you would hope that all the click and all the connection they've had throughout mm-hmm. a winter season is going to come together. And um, I've watched that uh that video or sorry that that um replay of that goal i reckon probably 25 times in the last few days because it's actually such it's actually such a really good goal it, mm. it's it doesn't get enough credit for how well it was scored it's it's a you purist know, Stacey, goal isn't really? it like if you're a football yeah. person that's the kind of goal that you appreciate maybe more than a a, a long range belter or something like that a long, yeah 100% like um you know, Alana Soon's probably going to kill me for this, but you know, I said to her after the game that uh, your goal was okay. Like the, the second goal was the one, you know. Um, even though she still claimed it was a proper goal that she scored, but um, you know, Stacey picks up the ball on the halfway line, carries it, you know, draws a defender, finds Mal, Mal, you know, makes a decision: do I shoot, do I not? Turns a player in and out, comes back to Stacey, and as you guys said, you know, she makes a fantastic run in the box. Stacey, patience and smart, just plays the ball straight back to it, like. It was actually quite simple when you looked at it, but very intelligent. And um, that's that connectivity, not just in that area, but also in our back. You know, Jules, Tash, um, you know, Montana's been fantastic. We've got we've got players in there that are connecting really well, and that's the the important thing I believe. And what Western's vision was was you know, having a complete sort of um, you know team that are understanding one message or one vision or one sort of method. Um, that's what's going to be important. That I, I can't wait to see how that pans out at the next level, and if it does, because it might not. But it's going to be interesting to see how it does, and if it does, um, and seeing if the project of you know players playing consistently over a large period of time is going to be advantageous at the next level. Mm, certainly, that's what's going to be interesting. certainly that that connectivity, that quality that we've seen over the course of this season is promising. Bodes well as. As they make that transition, I, I guess it's also it must be a fascinating one from from your perspective as well, because uh, you know, in terms of the the tactical identity, the way you set up, like that the the approach that you take into games has been one where you are an extremely difficult side to to beat. You know that the the game plan is is often one that a lot of sides in the NPLW over the course of a number of years now have not had an answer for. So, so I guess that it raises an interesting question for, for you, I guess, as a, as a coach, do you, do you stick with this, uh, this setup that has served you so well at this level? Do you make minor tweaks? Well, where, where is the head at when it comes to that sort of approach at, at your level in making that jump? 
Uh, I guess it depends who's listening to this as well. So I might not have, <laughs> I, might, I can't give out too many uh, too many secrets. But if we look back at 2019 when we won everything, it was a very it was very much the opposite. I think we scored 137 goals mm. and conceded 25, whatever it was, and it was all a focus on attack and 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 drive forward and you know and basically put a lot of reliance on our front half. Uh, and when we once we came into this year, we knew we were, you know we had some good young players coming up. It was effectively sort of protecting them and giving them the right time to develop and the right opportunity to play, while also implementing a game plan that was going to suit that scenario. Um, so you know, effectively, we sort of changed the way we played. So we went almost like a total opposite, um, and then went to focusing so much on our defensive setup and you know making sure that our defenders knew what their roles were, um, and then adjusted. So I, I couldn't say that going into A-League women, we would be playing the same way as Calder was playing now or, you know, playing the same way Calder played three years ago in 2019. It's very much about once the group's in there, you know your personnel and then you start building around that mm. um, and and looking at that. You know, it could be a combination of both. Who knows? Um, but as I said, I don't know if I can give too much, guys, because uh, who knows who's listening. No, that was that was a good, that yeah, was a good shape-shifting answer. Like you handled that well. <laughs> For, you, Mark, for a long time while you've been at Calder, you guys have been the hunted. You guys have been the top dogs and being the one everybody wanted to be like. Are you excited for that new challenge of kind of being the hunters this time and trying to stake your claim and be like, we deserve to be here? Yeah, I think even uh, when Calder was established in 2016, it was a it was a new NPL club, so no one... You know, it was it was born in 2016. You already had your established clubs like Heidelberg and South, uh, Bulleen. You know, you had all these teams around, even Box Hills and that. Um, so it was effectively very similar back then that we were nothing and we had to prove ourselves early on to make sure that, you know, people knew who we were and what we were doing. Um, so obviously this is a different scale. It's A-League level. So it's, you know, it's nationally recognised and there's, you're going to be scrutinised if you don't do things a certain way and that. But it's almost like a you know, a, a bigger opportunity than what we had at Calder when it first started. So it's going to be exciting, but more importantly, like I know it's going to be challenging and <clears throat> it's going to challenge me as a coach, but it's going to challenge our players. Um, and to be honest, we're looking forward to it. And, and the club's given, you know, myself, um, you know, Amanda Stella, it, it, we, they're giving us the full sort of um, reign to go at it and, and give it a red hot go. Um, so, you know, there's expectations obviously to be successful early on, but, um, I think the important thing is setting the foundations and that's what we did at Coldo in that first year, which my thought is to do the same thing at Western is build the foundation, um, you know, set an example straight away, change change the dial straight away. Like, you know, obviously a, a fantastic signing yesterday with Chloe Lagaza, you know, if that's not an impact and that, that's not a statement of, you know, we want to change the game here as a, as a club, then I don't know what is. And it was very similar in 2016, you know, we signed, I think, four or five Melbourne Victory players at Calder um, that were reputable and, and, you know, in high demand. And we said it, we, we set a statement back then. And, and you know, it's history, it's, it's history now and it's in there forever with what Calder's done. And it's effectively the same as what we can do at Western is build something from nothing and, and I guess, build a foundation right. That That's what's cr- uh, critical and key for me, to be honest. Well, I, th- I think you took the, the words right out of our mouths, really. I mean, you talk about confidence and, and, and backing from the club and, and nothing really uh, accentuates or you know outlines that point more than welcoming in someone uh, like a, a Chloe Legazzo 
into the into the fold and you know we've been praising the the dynamism of your your midfield and your attack she feels like a a great player to be to be bringing in not just because of the credentials but also because of how she fits that 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 sort of approach i mean you must be over over the moon to to welcome her in the door yeah definitely and i think it's it's good for learning for for other players as well that's mm. that's what's so important for me and and even myself like you know learning for me i've only ever coached at, at mpl level and you know, had little bits and pieces of involvement at, at A-League level as a goalkeeper coach. But even for me to have someone of that quality and, uh, you know, that's literally played everywhere in the world um, and obviously with their national team is, is so important for me to learn as a coach. Um, and, you know, while I know that that's going to be a challenge, as I said, it's also going to be an exciting time. But, you know, we're all going to learn different bits and pieces, not just from Chloe, but from some of the other really good signings that we've got. And, and already announced, and some more that we will announce, obviously, obviously in the next few weeks. Um, that's that's the challenge, and that's what's exciting. That like that is what I can't wait for. And um, yeah, I mean, the, I know the girls are, are just dying to sort of get involved. Even though the season finished three days ago, like they're already messaging and like, so we're starting soon. And when we when's the training schedule coming out and all this type of stuff? I'm like, just have a relax. So a few of the, I've said, I think a few of the girls are kind of Bali and overseas. They're going everywhere. So. They're enjoying a bit of time off. How much time do they like get off? Because the season starts, I believe, sixteenth of November. You guys have got yep. your first game at home. How, when do you guys get back into that? You know, mindset of we've got a season. We need to, you know, re- get ready and start going now. Uh, I think the next few weeks they'll have, as I said, that bit of downtime. But they'll get all the information of what's actually going to be happening. Um, I, I would say first week, second week of October, they'll sort of start coming in. Um, and start preparing for that. It's a short, obviously, it's a short preseason. We're used, we're used to like three and a half months of preseason at NPL level. So this is going to be an eye opener um, for myself, even to to get a preseason organised in five weeks. Um, but even for the players too. So um, yeah, I mean, hoping around that time for everyone to be coming in, uh, and then you know getting ourselves ready for that. But hopefully they haven't lost too much um, too much of a fitness base. Who knows what they're up to in Bali and things? But uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll look after themselves. Now, Mark, you hinted, you said oh, well, you might have some, you know, some new signings. Now, Mark, you can't give us a name, can you? Like, can you give us a hint? Can you? We're, we're, I was waiting for that. Yeah, on, <laughs> let us know something, please. <laughs> um, well, how many? I think we've signed about fifteen, haven't we? Is that right? Yeah, Is that you've, about you've that many. Signed a fair few, yes. Um, oh, there'll be there'll be some interesting names. Put it that way. I think there'll be some names that will really. Um, give Western United the, the same excitement that we've had in the last week with some of those signings. And, mm. um, you know, like Analana Cern out of nowhere, first signing of the club, um, has proven probably in the last four to six weeks that the kid is more than capable. She's still yeah. 19 years old, you know. It's like mm. um, I, I took a call from a national team coach about her a few weeks ago, not from the, the national team coach, but one of the junior Matildas and young Matildas coaches about her, and you know, these these are the type of opportunities that I know Western and myself want to create is just opportunities for the players. Um, so, yeah, while there will be a couple more uh, exciting names, there's also some very, very good players who have been around the MPL um, for, you know, many years that deserve an opportunity. And if anything, I'll be really honest, guys, like they're the exciting ones for me, you know, like uh, a, a Freddie Amano getting, you know, one game last year at Melbourne Victory, you know, hopefully she gets, you know, more time this year. 
uh, with us at Western. They, they, those are the stories for me that are important. Yeah, while a Chloe Legazzo one is absolutely amazing for our game in the A-League and our club, you know, the exciting ones for me are going to be those type, you know, Alyssa Delos, how she's going to go at NPL, at um, A-League women's level. Those type of things are really exciting for me, to be honest. Well, I, Pakura, I, I respect you for for trying. You're doing your job as a journalist. You got to, you, no, you've got to ask the question. I'll I'll make it a bit, I'll make it a bit easier for you, Mark, because you you kind of got the 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 ball rolling with uh with Francesca. Well, give give us a tour of, of some of the other the new names that you've brought in. You know, obviously the the internationals there, but for us, you know, Pakura and I have got that sort of NPL uh, women's Victoria lean, like names like Francesca and and Silverbill Morris as well. Yeah. Who you've signed to a scholarship mm. contract. Uh, uh, really stick out. Give us a, a bit of a tour of uh, some of these new faces, the non-colder faces. <laughs> well, they're probably the only non-colder faces at the moment, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> they're the only two. So th- there will be a few others um, that are sort of uh, hanging around. But Silver Bell, for me, is going to be a really exciting. I think she's she's a bit like the Alana Soon one. It's it's a player that's just taken the league um, by storm, to be honest. And, um, you know, looking for, really looking forward to seeing her, how many opportunities she gets. Um, and, you know, while she's a scholarship player, it's really going to be up to a player like her to see, you know, once she plays X amount of games, you know, she'll probably get herself a full contract. So, mm. um, you know, they, they, like I said, those are the exciting things for me. So um, I didn't answer your question. I'm sorry, but <laughs> there's not going to be uh, – like there might be one or two other girls from other clubs in the league. But, again, it, it wouldn't be right for me to discuss that like now, no. and, you know, let them have their – a little bit of time to shine, which I think is very important for the I players. I, I was referring more to, to some of the um, the the internationals, but but while you're you're mentioning oh, um, okay. while you're mentioning scholarship contracts, just because it's it's come to the the forefront of my mind, we, we've had so many um, different conversations, Mark, about you know the idea of, of of the Calder Academy and that pathway being one that can provide to Western, but also just provide opportunities, generally speaking, and. I remember someone we spoke about um, previously was uh, was Ava Brightus, and she's obviously just yep. been a former Calder junior, been part of the emerging program under Helen Winterburn, your assistant now, and she's inked a, a scholarship deal with Victory. You must be pleased to see again that that Calder network just spreading out, not just to Western United, but elsewhere amongst the <laughs> league. Yeah, definitely. Ava was uh, Ava's an exciting young player, and um, you know she was in uh, a Victory Academy. Uh, elite program that you know obviously she's been part of for the last year so that was always going to be a you know a challenge between what she did you know loyalty towards that or loyalty towards her previous junior club um i'm just really excited that the kid has got an opportunity and you know if it was with western or if it was with um victory or even if it was a city it doesn't really matter like even like caitlin carriage was a, a former colder girl mm. a junior player for us as well and you know it's exciting that Hopefully she gets a really good opportunity at City this year if she's re-signed there or not. Um, you know, it's going to be an amazing, amazing opportunity. And it just goes back to that whole colder sort of, um, it's like a factory, yeah. It's like a football factory. <laughs> and for us, it's really, really exciting. It, it, look, for me, yes, I'll put a colder hat on and say I wish they would all come to Western or, you know, stay colder their whole lives. But the reality is, is as long as we're producing players for, for football and, and for the national teams, um, then you know that's that's my goal uh, as a coach. Um, so yeah, it doesn't really matter what colours they're wearing as long as they're out there and representing themselves. And I actually sent over a message or her mum a message that, that day of that and um, congratulated her and wished her all the best. And you know, I actually said one day you know, it would be great to be able to coach her and things like that. So um, yeah, like one that got away, I think, but also one that deserves an opportunity. 
Speaking of the national team, Mark Tony Gustafsson was at the game and handed out the winners' medals. Medals. What was it like to? Did you know he was going to be there? And when you when the players saw him, were they a bit like, "Oh, this is this is different"? What was that? What was it like for the team? I don't think anyone. I don't think DFB knew that he was going to be there. To be honest, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, he. Uh, it was interesting actually because someone had said before the game that the national team coach was going to be there, and then I knew that Leah Blaney was actually going to be at the game. So I just assumed that that's who people were saying. Um, so I said, yeah, I knew Leah Blaney was coming because she actually messaged me. Um, and then when they said, no, 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 it's actually the the, the Matildas coach. I said, no, there's no way. <laughs> and 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 they were like, no, no, he's here. And so anyway, I, said, I still didn't believe it as the game went on. I didn't believe it. And then um, then I saw I saw him. I think with about ten minutes left, walking around, and I was thinking to myself, shit, actually he is here. <laughs> yeah. um, and then. Oh, luckily, like the the girls didn't actually know it either. I mean, they probably would have, you know, uh, who knows? Would probably not performed as well if they were thinking about that. But um, I know when Julia got her got her medal, she looked over to me and she was sort of like, um, you could see in her face, she was like, "Oh my god, I'm about to go and shake hands with the national team coach." So um, yeah, like it was exciting. It was it was I guess um, spontaneous. I guess we can say it was just really weird out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, it, I shook his hand and wished him all the best, and he wished me all the best. So I told him I'm going to get go for his job. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Well, he had that sort of um, casual, unassuming kind of garb on. He, he wasn't exactly wearing a sign that said "I am the Australian national <laughs> team manager" or had the the tracksuit on or anything like that. <laughs> That's what makes me think it was out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. Honestly, it was good. It was good for for football. That obviously he was there. And, Hopefully he turns up to the New South Wales NPL final this this week as well. So yes, yes, agreed, agreed. Well, I, I mentioned her before. I, I do want to ask about her again, and I know you've heaped praise on her uh, previously. But um, Helen, obviously coming in and working uh, alongside you uh, as an assistant, we've seen the sort of excellent job that she's done with FE emerging this year, getting them into the postseason for, for the first time, obviously playing against you guys in in that game. How excited are, are you to be um, working alongside her as opposed to uh, against her as you have done in, in seasons gone by? Yeah, I think this is going to be, um, this is going to be a really important role for, uh, for our club and having Helen involved in that and even, again, for myself uh, to be working with Helen is going to be fantastic. Um, she's got amazing knowledge of the game um, you know, getting really getting to know her in the last two or three months, um, the knowledge is unbelievable, and I think she's going to have a really, really important role to play um, with our, within our group. Um, obviously, we can see how well she did with her young group, uh, the emerging Tilda. So um, she's going to be exciting, like really exciting. I don't know if you guys know, but she had she was she had COVID and she wasn't able to coach against us uh, that semi final. Um, so she was at home. She rang me the Tuesday night and I know how much she was excited to be coaching against us in a final because it was the first time obviously emerging and made a final. Mm. And um, she rang me up on Tuesday and she goes, you're not going to believe it. I said, oh, what? I thought maybe she's going to tell me something's happened to a player or something like that. She goes, I've got COVID. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I said, you're not going to be there to coach. Uh, and then she goes, I oh, know, I know. She was so upset. But you know what? She, she did an incredible job to get that team into the final. Um, and they really did give it, you know, give us a good shake to be honest in that semi final because they, they did it, they did it against us during the season as well. So mm. she's going to be really important, and I'm looking really looking forward to working with her. They, you know, she certainly did, and they were. Were there a side we've 
who really, really liked watching Lockie because they're always very unpredictable. But, Mark, final question. Is there a target or a set benchmark that you kind of want to hit heading into this first A-League women's season? Or are you kind of just going with the, the flow and seeing where it, you know, wherever you land up? Uh, I reckon it's a bit of both. Um, if you ask uh, the CEO, he wants to win the league in the first season. Um, as you guys that know. That doesn't sound ambitious. like Chris at all. No. That doesn't sound like Chris at all. <laughs> very ambitious uh, man. Um, but that's great because it's it, it keeps us on our toes. Um, I, like, honestly, I just want to be very competitive but exciting and I want – I really want to be involved, you know, as as to as deep as we possibly can in this A League season. If that means finish top four and play some extra football, um, that that's what I would love um, for the playing group. I always have this, um, I guess, this uh, thoughts in my mind that players will develop more by playing more games. So, you know, playing the standard 18, 19 games in a season or in an NPL 21 games that ain't going to help you. So I constantly say to players, if you want to be the best, you need to play as many games as possible. And obviously with our NPL Victoria season this year, I think our girls got, you know, got to play 30, 31 games or I think something all up. And my same message would be that to our Western girls would be the same. You know, let's try and play 23, 24 games. Um, so that means we've got to make a grand final uh, without actually telling them that I want to play in a grand final, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like that's that's sort of the way I think of it. I think that we can be competitive, um, and I think that we're going to be exciting. And you know, it's 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 just an amazing opportunity for players who need it, who have ne- never had it, um, or have had it and didn't take full advantage of it. Then, um, so this is the exciting thing for me: is, is putting them back on the stage and putting players on the stage that have have deserved an opportunity. Well, Mark, thank you for joining us and. Good luck heading into this season. I'm sure we'll talk to you um, more. And uh, yeah. it's a, it's a weird dynamic where you're saying good luck and congratulations yes. simultaneously. It's a, it's, it's I feel like it must it's be fun. nice. It's it must fun. be nice. It must be nice, Mark. But um, Mark, uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us and uh, good luck and congratulations. <laughs> and uh, we'll head to a break and uh, we'll be back Thanks, to talk guys. about the A League women's fixtures that have just come out, Lockie. Yes, we will. Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Yes, driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick! Minimar, 1-0! We're back, Lockie. Again, you see, I, I feel like we don't disappoint a radio dub. I just had Mark Torcaso, and if you did miss that interview, uh, you can catch it... Later on, uh, anywhere really, it's yeah. everywhere. I mean, I always like to play a little game. Just, just think of your, the podcast platform. That if yeah. I say podcast platform, what comes to mind? If you think Spotify, you can find it there. You if Apple? you think Apple Podcast, you find it there. You if you can think, find it I don't know, a more obscure one, Pocket Cast. You'll find then it there. Then you can find it there. You'll find it anywhere. That's the beauty of uh, our podcast. And podcasting, yeah, how good. Do love podcasting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what's also was really good and exciting that came mm-hmm. out this week. We've been waiting for it for a little while. We were supposed to get a little earlier, but uh, I think, think that all good things um, come to those who wait. Lockie, and we've waited. We've got some exciting fixtures uh, for the A-League women's season. Yeah, and, uh, finally. finally. It's what a relief it is to have them. I've been – I have had Twitter notifications yes. for Liberty A-League turned on. I've been refreshing the Instagram wherever <laughs> I might be able to – 
get my hands on the news first. Um, yeah, I mean, what a a relief and 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 what a rush to it is to finally have the um to the draw out and to have it in tandem with the some potentially you know um broad interesting broadcast changes yes. mooted as well. I'm I for the first round, I think the game that I'm looking forward to. The most, I think, is Western United versus Melbourne Victory because it will be at City Vista, um, which was supposed to hold the uh, NPL Women's and uh, Men's Grand Final. But uh, am, I, am I correct in that, right, Lockie? Yeah, you are correct. Of course, it, it, it has housed uh, A-League Women's Games before. Of course, uh, Victory in Sydney, I believe, played there uh, in midweek yes, last, last season. season and yes. that was a, that that was was a, a really success. There was probably, I think, uh, according to to Mark Sultana, who's the um, I think the president of of Caroline Springs, he said there were seven or eight hundred of that game for Western United's inaugural home game. I would expect that, and and hopefully then some with uh, victory, the the noisy neighbours, and that that's going to be a really fascinating one because there will, as we've been talking about, be a lot of A League women's players in the victory side who are familiar with um, you know, with the core of the Western United squad. The, the ones that have come through the colder system. I mean, Leah Privatelli, Paige Zoyce, Tiff Aliadis, uh, Kayla Morrison was obviously an assistant coach for Berlin this season, and but she'll be right back hopefully from from day one. Um, you know, these are players who are all very familiar. They've just played in a, been involved in a grand final against a lot of these colder players. So there will be for some for familiarity there, but I think that with that familiarity will come a, a real... Um, intense competitiveness and that's without even mentioning just the you know the rivalry that's existed between the clubs in a in a men's capacity whether or not that translates as well um but it's just uh, another victorian team it's another team like that that there's nothing about that that does not excite me and that that is going to be well i say it's going to be the standout but then i'm also really looking forward to wellington finally after what a, yes. a a great season i guess in 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 some respects they had last year in their debut bow in the a league women's competition uh, actually playing in wellington and yeah. against melbourne city no honestly it's it's going to be a really good to see them because i think we saw wellington phoenix actually head back down to wellington their men's side and they played down there and that was really good uh the crowd so it's going to be good to see the women get to play down there and I think I know we all know it was really difficult for them last season I think all things considered was successful because they were able to win get a couple wins I believe and uh, I'm going to see what I'd like to see what the crowd is like that's what I always um, appreciate about football but Lucky, what do you think about this uh, simultaneous broadcast are you excited for it or are you what do you want like are you gonna are you excited for this to see the goals come in, do you think it's going to be yeah, bring well, more I mean, that, new, that, new that, level? That was the other headline, wasn't it? That um, you know, there will be three games in any given weekend that will be played simultaneously. I think at a Saturday three p.m. and with that, the the introduction of a a goal rush style program, as you're alluding to there, that will you know be try to cover three games, and I, I like it. It's not. It's not replacing live um, match coverage for each of those three games. They will be their own separate things, mm-hmm. but it'll be that combined with an in studio, in studio broadcasts. And I think, yeah, I, I think across men's and women's, even though it was a new broadcaster last season, I do think quite a lot of the coverage got quite 
stale as the season went on. Like it got stale pretty quickly, even though it was a new broadcaster. I think, in my opinion, I think I don't think that's controversial. Uh, controversial to say, and that's without even mentioning some of the just issues that were had with the the streaming and all that sort of thing. So I think it's great. I think it's it's good to be trying something different and on the eve of the Women's World Cup, like how best can we package our content? How best can we share it um, so that we can maximise what is to come, not just the and what is to come before the Women's World Cup uh, as well. So I am never going to be one uh, to knock broadcast-related innovation. Uh, and so, yeah, the, the prospect of a, a Gold Rush-style program um, will be really fascinating because do you get the do you lose the ability to watch those games in sequence? Yeah, perhaps. But if you do just want to watch one game, you haven't lost that right. You can still watch one game by itself, or yeah. you can have this as a companion. Yeah. And I think that's really really fun, innovative. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing um, what it looks like and uh, and who's involved as well. You're not wrong there, Lockie. And I think it's great. It's going to be a great way to bring in some of the the casual fans who sometimes particularly don't want to sit there and watch the full nine minutes. I think it's a great introduction and starter for people who are wanting to get into the women's game and kind of just maybe want to see the highlights and maybe they'll love some of the players and love the playing style and they'll stay around for longer. And that's always the the hope and the goal is to draw um, new fans in and keep the people who've been there for a while uh, dedicated and give them a new way to watch it and... I think we'll make it easier to um, to prep for Radio Dub Lockie if we can uh, see those goals uh, nice and quickly. Absolutely, and and fundamentally, it's also about about keeping things uh, fresh. And this is a, yeah. an, a, a problem that's Australian football wide. I, th- I think if you actually reach out into the the well, I don't want to soccer Twitter's not necessarily <laughs> the best, um, you know, grassroots thing I guess but they do have a opinion they do have a voice and I think you'll find that generally if you ask the average person out there who is a a, a football fan they they will tell you that they'll be open to the idea of something new you know it can be rough around the edges if they if something fresh something unique something dynamic is is being attempted like there might be a few hiccups along the way as there were with Paramount in its inaugural season but people are willing to um Give it some time if if it's something new, something yeah. different, and I do, um, I do really uh, appreciate yeah. uh, appreciate that element, and also, yeah, I, I I don't see why anyone would be opposed. Like, I get the people who might have problems with games being moved off uh, off the second channel on ten or something like that, and perhaps that's something we can talk about at a different time. time but, yeah. but I think the the synergy as well of not just trying something new and getting away from that staleness in a broadcast sense, but also having a new team. Like it's, oh. it's kind of to do those things in tandem is the perfect way to freshen up a scene that I think many would agree, particularly with the, the lack of games too, uh, needed freshening up. No, and I, I think it's important to the fact that we have a new way of watching it for fans and also keeping, you know, the traditional way of watching. I think it's really important and, I think also the fact that it's moved um, onto where everybody in Australia can access it, no matter if you're at home or if you're on a bus. I, I do remember those Telstra ads where people are on the bus and watching the AFL. You can watch um, the A-League Women's anywhere, and I think it's really important. And uh, you can be with your friends and you can be, you know, and that's that's good because I think we want more people to see the game and 
build the hype heading into the Women's World yeah. Cup. And but the more people are familiar with it, the more people who are likely to go to the stadiums and watch the games and support the Matildas and even go and watch other teams um, that are coming um, to play here. So yeah. I think it all leads into the Women's World Cup and the more we can do to help bring a light onto that, the better it is. When you hear the season is rolling around, you don't you want excitement. You don't yeah. want someone to think, oh, yeah, no, um, the A-League women's back or the, you know, Isuzu A-League is... <laughs> Is back. Oh, I, I hadn't even noticed that it had, it had left um, because the off season is so long it slips to the back of mind. You want excitement, and I do think that the new club, the buzz of of a, of a new team for the first time in a long time in the A League Women's, plus different, yeah, different televisual offerings that we have to sort of um, gather around. That does create excitement. I am feeling more excited. I mean, Wellington. Going back to, to New like Zealand, like the, there's actually plenty of things that yeah. make me feel genuinely excited beyond just the rush of, oh, another new season, it hasn't been around for a while, that kind of thing. And that's what will, as you said, not just generate interest and engagement from, well, hopefully, uh, from the diehards, from people who've been paying attention to the league for a long time, but also from casual watchers as well. And actually, while it's just popped into my head, the fact that... Um, Juniors, yeah. uh, community juniors, will be able to attend A-League Women's or Liberty A-League matches this season uh, free of charge. Which I love. So, again, another decision that, that helps to build the buzz around this um, around this season. And uh, an opportunity for, for, you know, community juniors who are coming through to look at what is an increasingly young, it continues to get younger somehow, this, this comp <laughs> with more youth talent. Um, to look at it and go, I'm not that. That's not so far no away way. from being me. Yeah. And I think it's really important to to set those to have those uh, role models in, in front of you because it you know inspires uh, younger players that we might get you know future Matildas who are better than Sam Kerr, which would be you know even well, pretty cool. Right. Yeah, I mean better than the third best player in the world. You're either the second or the first. Yes, hey, that's the best player in the world. So right. I would but I would definitely take better yeah, than that. But to know heading into Another game that I'm really excited for, Lockie, we talked about a little bit really quickly, is a grand final re- rematch, uh, round two, Sydney FC versus Melbourne Victory. T- TBC, I don't think that's the name of the venue. I do believe it means uh, to be confirmed, uh, which will be on the 26th of the 11th. And I'm looking forward to that, seeing if uh, Sydney FC can uh, maybe... You, you've never been to TBC? I've never been to TBC. Have you been there? Yeah. Oh, nice. Tell Doesn't me... say the venue. Oh, very nice. The Brighton, I'm not going to finish that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I but uh, I look forward to that game and uh, that'll probably be a, draw lots of fans and uh, maybe Sydney can uh, can get themselves, uh, you know, just a little bit, of, a little bit reclaim something that maybe Melbourne Victory took, they thought they took from them. But you know what, Lockie? We've had a good show. Yeah, we we talked to Mark Torcaso. The A-League, A-League uh, fixtures came out. Mm. We got a new... It's been a good news week. It's been a good well, news week. We've had a good show. I just hope the, the people who are listening have had a good show as well. Yeah. Tell us where you're listening from. Is it Spotify? Is it... What's, what's, did you say pod? I've never Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast. Yeah, I've never even heard of it and you can listen to it on there. Well, that's what I like to say. If you can name a podcast platform, that's where we are. Okay. So uh, we can we can all tune in. You can listen to us. We can listen back to ourselves if we so choose. I don't really like doing that. Right. But um, the option's available. The that's option's the, available. the broader point here. The option's available. And we will be back. I, I, hopefully we'll be back next week. We'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, both seasons are off. We need to find something to do. We need fresh new content. It's true. And uh, I wouldn't mind a break of, uh, yeah, eventually. No, a break, but a break that's would be nice. Me. A break would be nice. The players get a break. We get a break. 
But we'll have sure. we'll have good content heading into A League Women's. We've got lots of good stuff planned. And uh, for now, thank you, everybody, and bye. Pickett, she lays it off. Teresa Polaris. It's an absolute peach. Is driving. What a hit from Melina Reyes! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. Minimum.